Welcome back to the Atta Girl Podcast with your host, Kara Dennison. And this week we have part two with our special guest, Jack Dennison. Hi. Hi, good to be here. <laughs> Great to have you here. So last week we had you on to talk about a little bit about what it was like supporting someone through burnout and really the first half of our story about what it's been in order to get us to where we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. And we had a pretty good response. A lot of people who are either currently going through burnout or have experienced burnouts, unfortunately, one of the easiest things is to kind of take it out on on their spouse or have to lean really heavily or, you know, there's just a lot of emotional aspects when it comes to burnout. And a lot of times their spouse just happens to be the one that, that bears the brunt of that. I can understand and, and relate to that because usually they're the closest person to you. So we usually treat the closest person as that confidant. Yeah. And sometimes it's it's good when we get into a groove of things where you understand each other and you support each other and you can support out of compassion. But I know, and this is vulnerable for me to say right now, but I haven't always been that person. Sometimes when I am hurting, I lash out and you've supported me and you've been, like you said, at the end of the last episode, supporting out of care and compassion. And I just want to say thank you for being that, that supportive and compassionate person for me when really I wasn't always at my best. That was part of our vows, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. And so then once we went through that you signed up to be double married to me. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so we now run this business together and it's very successful. It's more successful than we thought it could ever be at this stage in where we are. And it's something that we are both really, really passionate about, would you say? Absolutely. It drives yeah. us every day. Absolutely. But it did not start out <laughs> No, at all. No, it didn't. So we kind of dropped off the last episode with where we were when I quit my corporate job, you were still working at the corporate job. And now a lot of times when people see us online or on social media, we're co-running our business together. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of murky area around that. And I wanted to kind of tell people about how we got to the point we are now and why we're so passionate about what we're doing. But to be honest, it wasn't always, like I say all the time, roses and rainbows and, and sunshine to get here. There was a lot of conversations and, you know, as married couples do, fights and adjusting and adapting and being resilient along the way. Yeah. Also, a lot of, a lot of long days, a lot of days where we didn't necessarily know what was right around the corner, but still working hard to be better at our craft every single day that we could not knowing how we would need to adjust the next day. Yeah. And it wasn't something that you joined this business right away either. No, no, it wasn't. I ended up knowing the landscape that we were going to have of you dropping off and me eventually leaving my job. So I picked up a part-time job while I was still full-time employed. And I would come back at the end of my day and work a couple hours doing that, just building the relationship up with that employer so that they would give me more hours and more time when when I did need those hours when we moved and eventually left the corporate role. Yeah. So let's let's back up and talk about what it was like when I first quit my job. So 
when I quit my corporate job, I was the breadwinner. We alluded to that in the first the first episode that we did together. I was making more money and we didn't know that our business was going to be this business when I first quit. One of the things that I was doing is while I was writing resumes, I was also doing virtual assistant work. I was writing blog posts. I was doing social media work. I was also a online stylist for a company similar to Stitch Fix. I was doing all of the part-time side hustles. And what people don't know is that even on the side, Jack was helping me as much as possible in those side hustles so that he can learn part-time side work for when he could quit his job to help me out. So he was actually doing stylist yeah. stuff under your account. Under my account, helping women, you know, putting together these amazing outfits under my name. But you know, you were actually pretty pretty phenomenal at it. I was okay. <laughs> I was okay good. with some neutrals and some dark colors. You were pretty good. It. But you were working full time in order to have a baseline paycheck come in. And then, like you said, you picked up a part time job and building that relationship in order to really grow in that part time role because we didn't really see you in this business at the very initial start because we didn't see it becoming what it was. So we had known probably about six months, six to nine months into this that we were going to be moving and we found this house. And so we, ended up doing a very long move. We dropped off half of our belongings in one of our cars and then came back to Florida for about six weeks in order for him to create some extra income at his part-time job before he quit. And I also had some dental work that I needed to get done. So during that six weeks, you were working, we were working your part-time job. I was hustling to get some more resumes and some more money in as much as possible. And I remember those days. It was some of the worst times. <laughs> no, it was crazy. <laughs> We're, the worst. We, we had set up a home office in our loft, which didn't have any walls. So yeah, we um, were in a one bedroom we in a loft one bedroom apartment. Loft. Um, we had boxes of moving stuff everywhere. everywhere. We had squeezed in a workstation into that loft, and the workstation was a folding table, by the way. Table. And we had two chairs and two laptops set up on that. That was how we worked. Yeah, yeah, side by side. Uh-huh. And he was working full time, uh, full time hours. He came home and he would work again from from like six thirty to nine thirty. Yeah, after picking up food for us, and I was working you know, and, and all this other stuff. And we had construction going on in our apartment complex and there was a lot of noise pollution. Not to mention our neighbors that like to do car work right outside our window. Yeah, it was wild. So we were constantly on edge because living in basically a construction zone, having to work long hours, he was working all the time. We were constantly fighting and constantly adapting. And he was constantly trying to find ways to help me out because on my end, I was still dealing with the aftermath of the burnout of work and still having, you know, I was waking up at 4 a.m. and having four hour long panic attacks until about eight o'clock when I would drag myself out of bed, having a lot of anxiety about, did I make the right decision? I just gave up this steady paycheck. Should I have just sucked it up and dealt with it? And it was a really emotional time. And then we decided to move. And then we had all the emotions of leaving your family in Florida and moving to the middle of nowhere and not having a support system, but knowing that this was the right move for us. And 
also trying to sell half of our belongings just to make the move a little bit easier, but also try and get an influx of cash too. It was, yeah, it was crazy. So much happening, so many different layers of just dealing with interpersonal relationships with my family, having been in the same, I guess, half hour area of living around them for the last 30 years in the South Florida area, really kind of breaking those ties and really letting people know that that loved me, that I needed to go stand on my two feet and, and really go earn my own merits in the world. It was re- really hard for me, but it ultimately fueled us to have the motivation to be able to do what we needed when we got here. Yeah. So interestingly enough, we moved here at the end of 2019. And when we drove up, we had done this drive a couple of times because we had dropped off half our belongings, one of our cars, went back down, got a U-Haul, did the same trip again. And through these trips, we had a lot of conversations about what is our life going to look like when we're in the middle of nowhere. And we had had the honest conversation that we were basically willingly quarantining ourselves in the middle of nowhere. We had no support system. We had no friends, no family. My family is about an hour and a half away from us in Tennessee now, but what is this going to look like? And this was in, again, the end of 2019. So the pandemic hadn't had happened. So we were willingly doing this. We got very excited about the opportunity to be in nature, to be alone and to really focus on forced boundaries for ourselves to have the opportunity to work out, to focus on improvement, to focus on our business and to really be alone. We had only been married for about a year at that point, And we had felt so many external pressure on us individually. And as a married couple from family, from corporate, from our jobs that we relished in the opportunity to really separate from life and to focus on each other and this business. Absolutely. It was exciting. It was truly betting on ourselves because we had to uh, burn the bridges, so to speak. There was no no other options or burn the ships as the uh, saying goes, because we had to go full force and we had to make this work. Yeah. And so we did. And when we first got here, I'm just going to give kind of a quick overview of how we grew the business to where it is. And Then we'll talk about really in the second half of the show, the five key main aspects of what it is for us that makes it work, makes our marriage and our business work together. And really the same thing has happened. We live in the middle of nowhere. Our closest support system is an hour and a half away and we only have each other. And so it has been a very big learning experience and we want to tell you what really has made it work for us. And it was not easy. It took us a long time to get here, right? Yeah, very long time. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of communication and a lot of arguments and a lot of adapting to get here. But when we first moved here, I was partnered with my other business partner and Jack was doing a lot of part-time jobs. So he had a couple of clients where he was doing virtual assistant work and doing some customer service work, right? Yeah. I used my customer service background to really help out some uh, insurance agents, fill their calendars, make some deals. They loved what I did. They gave me more work. And then I was also doing some VA stuff, which you had kind of taught me how to do uh, when you were learning that in your transition. Absolutely. So while he was doing that, I was helping to grow the other partnership that I was doing. I was doing coaching and resumes and really working full-time on that. Eventually I brought Jack in to do some sales for my side of the business. And he really started picking up on that. 
once he started doing that more full-time, we had him drop some of the part-time stuff and started doing admin and virtual assisting work for my company. And once we got him more up and running with that, it became a full-time job. So we ended up quitting those part-time things. And when we separated from my ex-partner, we brought him in and really tapped into his skills from his past. So he comes from a life coaching and personal training background with a degree in philosophy and constant improvement. And so now he is our mindset and accountability coach, and he does sales as well as admin stuff in our business. So he is full-time in our business, just like I am, as well as full-time in our marriage and household, just like I am. So that's the quick journey of how he ramped up to be full-time with me in my business. And it was a lot of adjusting along the way. And I want to take a quick break right now, pay some bills, and then we will come back and talk about how that really worked interpersonally and how it sounds easy. Like, yeah, we just dropped things as we scaled up and added him in, but it was a lot more difficult than that. And we'll talk a little bit about that, right? All right, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Have you heard of the great resignation? Maybe you've been noticing your friends or family members quitting their jobs in order to find better ones. Maybe you've been starting to wonder if it's your time too. After the last couple of years, high achieving professionals are starting to realize that life is too short to work at a company that no longer aligns with their values, that doesn't offer them a chance to grow or doesn't pay them what they're worth. If you're starting to feel like it's time to make a change in your career, I am glad you're listening. When it comes to landing your dream job at a company that you're aligned with and where you can make an impact, it can be overwhelming if you don't have a plan in place. If your strategy is to dust off that old resume and hit the job boards, did you know that you only have a 2% chance of landing an interview? The traditional hiring process of applying via job boards is a broken process and leaves job seekers feeling frustrated, rejected, anxious, and with feelings of low self-worth and imposter syndrome, which is no way to start the next chapter of your career. Optimize Career Solutions, we want you to land your dream job by giving you the branding that sets you apart as the industry leader or professional you are. And we want to give you the strategies that give you control and confidence in your search and gets you directly connected to those who can actually help or hire you at companies you're excited to work with. Book your free consultation with either Jack or myself at schedule.optimizecareersolutions.com so that we can dive deeper into your career goals and show you how we can support you in achieving them without the frustration and rejection most job seekers feel. We have multiple levels of support depending on your needs. Whether you're a DIYer or someone who loves having weekly accountability, we got you covered. The first step in the next level of your career is just a couple clicks away. Book your free consultation with us now at schedule.optimizecareersolutions.com. All right, welcome back. At the first top of the or the first half of the show, rather, we talked about what it was like scaling up the business at a very quick overview and bringing Jack in. So, in order to really pay our bills, we had Jack do some part time jobs while I was ramping up my business. And when we got busier, I brought him in to do some admin work, some sales, and now where we are right now is that he and I really are 50 percent owners and partners in the business. So he really focuses on right now, the sales aspect, as well as coaching. He does mindset and accountability coaching for our clients and provides some tactical coaching for our clients as well. And he does a lot of the admin work when it comes to outreach for our business and some of our systems admin. For me, I am the CEO of our business. I do client care. I do strategy. I work a lot on the marketing. You see a lot of my face out there on TikTok and this podcast and a lot of other good things. 
And I do a lot of the team leadership stuff, like managing the team and our finances and things like that. So when it comes to running our business, one of the biggest things that I feel like we handled really well when it came to up-leveling our business was starting to manage both our business and the household as two businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So we started just kind of lumping both duties in together and they were just all tasks that needed to be done. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we want to talk about in the second half of the show is really the five key main aspects of what has worked for us in order to work so well together. Because frankly, not every couple should be running a business together. It's really, really freaking hard. It took us a lot to get here and a lot of adapting. And we're still learning. We're still learning. Still learning and adapting. And I think that's that's really the key to this is being adaptable and being flexible and being willing to readjust and change. And I think that's hard for a lot of couples because you depend on this other person to be your rock, to be that steady point in your life. And then to have that be a sense of change can be very anxiety producing for a lot of individuals. Yeah. I think one of the things that we notice, especially after we moved here, is that we're in a constant state of change. Always. Yeah. Always. And I think that when we started realizing that that's a good thing and celebrating that, it was exciting. That's definitely when we started noticing the change mm-hmm. in terms of really hitting that next gear. Yeah. I think one of the the key aspects for us was treating the business and the household both as things. Basically, the household is a business too. It has tasks that needs to keep running and the business has tasks and needs to keep running. And the five key main things, one of them the first one that I really want to talk about is checking our ego at the door. This one is hard for all of us because when it comes to running a business, when it comes to running a household, there are going to be things that your ego, both of our egos, you, the listener, right, is just going to tell you that you're better than or that the other person should be doing or mm-hmm. that you're going to feel resentful for or XYZ. And at the end of the day, these really kind of build on each other, but checking your ego at the door and realizing that you really can't have an ego with your partner, it's, it unlocked a lot for us. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially because the ego is so tied to that constant state of improvement, because if you feel like you're constantly needing to improve, your ego takes a hit there because it's like, why, why am I not good enough? Yeah. And just dealing with that stress of feeling that way, if you approach it from that mindset, can be very, very difficult. But, you know, I think there's something freeing in that, too, is that, like, we're always growing. And if we're not growing, then we're staying stagnant and there's a problem, right? And if we're always growing, then there's something freeing in the fact that I'm not where I'm going to be in a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now. And that's okay. That means that I'm a work in progress. So I can have grace on myself, you know? Yeah, I, I can agree there. I just think that there's a lot of people who feel a lot more comfortable when they're feeling on steady ground. Yeah. However, the one thing I will say is that every time I tried to sit still or I tried to be steady and I wasn't looking to gain another level, that was when I regressed. Mm-hmm. When old patterns started to creep back in, laziness, procrastination, allowing myself not to do the things that I need to do 
was what started happening when I felt comfortable, when I felt like I should just sit still. Do you think that's an ego thing? It's definitely an ego yeah. thing. Yeah. I think when we kind of put our ego aside and know that we're continually growing, not only do we grow and get better versions of ourselves, but we bounce back from things so much quicker. Yeah. I think it, it comes with the mentality that we've had, the, the winner learn mentality also with get, staying in neutral always knowing that there's some other thing that we can do to be a little bit better yeah, or to put ourselves for success, set ourselves up for success for later today, for tomorrow, next week, really investing this moment right now for bigger returns down the road. Absolutely. So with the check in the ego, the second thing that was really key for us is throwing away gender norms. Yeah, that was tough for me, especially because I didn't know how to take care of a household when we got together. Let's tell the story. <laughs> no, not that. I don't know what story you're thinking about, but the story of when you first moved in okay. and what happened when you first moved in. Ladies. I don't story. know what you're thinking about, but basically, oh God. Okay. So the day that he moved in, I thought that he was packed and ready to go and you weren't. Is no. that what you're thinking about? Okay. Well, the entirety of everything that, <sighs> that, so I thought he was that, that he was packed and ready to go. I show up at his parents' house. Sorry to put you on spot, buddy. Yeah, I moved back in. I can <laughs> tell that story at a later date. <laughs> okay, so we moved in. We I showed up at your parents' house. Nothing was packed. So I, I mean, we were not the evolved people that we are now, but I angrily started throwing things into like boxes and bags and started whatever. We ended up picking up pizza for you and your family. And as I was carrying the pizza out of the, the place, I tripped over the curb and tore two tendons in my ankle. Yeah. Full boot for like what nine, nine weeks for like, yeah, I think it was like three, uh, two, two months. So what had happened was, and ladies, I'm not going to say that this is like what you should do when you move in with your man, but I don't recommend it, (laughs) but I am recommending. And the fact that it worked really well in my favor, we had stairs in this loft and I couldn't, it was so painful to go up and down these stairs so Jack got like the biggest crash course on how to take care of a household the day he moved in because, you know, he just didn't really have to do all that stuff at his parents' house. His mom took care of most of it and it just wasn't really something that he needed to do. And since I was the breadwinner and I was working a lot harder and I was like, welcome to your new life, buddy. Checking. That was a lot of ego checking. But when we say throwing away gender norms, what was happening, especially when we first moved here in Tennessee, he ended up quitting his full-time job when we first moved here and he was only working two part-time jobs. So he was working about four to five hours a day, whereas I was working nine to 12 hour days with my ex-partner. And so, you know, what needed to be done? Anything and anything around the house, cooking, cleaning. I had never maintained a house before, so I had to learn how to do that as well. Yeah. Laundry. So when you think about running a business together as a married couple, you have to start thinking about delegating duties out. So if one person, whether it's the male or the the man or the woman, is working harder, it's about how can you fill in and or woman or woman, yeah, woman or woman or man or man. It's it's really about who can fill in and help the other person. And at that time, as soon as we moved up, I remember having that conversation with him again and saying, listen, since you're no longer having your full-time job, but when we, 
when he was still having his full-time job and I quit mine, I was the one kind of taking care of all of that stuff. And it has flip-flopped back and forth. And it really, what it does is it comes back to number three, which is adopting the team mentality. So that has been really, of all of these, well, honestly, all of these are very important, but this has been really critical for us is the team mentality. So every day, whenever we have a pocket in our calendar or we have a free moment, we check in with each other. How are you doing? Jack always asks me, do you need more coffee? Because he sometimes he'll have more space in the calendar to go grab me more coffee. If he has a longer day than I do and he wants to go work out, I'll start making dinner. But most of the days I have longer days. So he makes dinner. Up until this year, he was the one cleaning the house because I just happened to work longer days and was more client facing. We ended up hiring a housekeeper and that was really nice. So, you know, it's looking at your team and looking at your teammate and seeing how can I fill in and where can I have my teammates back? Yeah. At, at all times, it's constantly readjusting and seeing uh, how they're how they're dealing with the day-to-day and being willing to be that support system, whatever it is they need, if they need space, if they need comfort, if they actually need somebody to dive in and help them think through, work through something. That's where communication is key because the needs change daily and there's always something something new needing to be adjusted to. Yeah, absolutely. So at the end of the day, you're a team, things need to get done and it's whoever can pick up and, and do it, right? And that goes to our number fourth, communication and adapting on the fly. Like communicating is huge. It's everything. It's everything. We so, wouldn't be here if we didn't. One of the reasons why I married Jack is because on our first date, we had a 12 hour long date and we just talked about everything. We talked about the hard stuff about my dad dying on the first date about, you know, some really tough stuff for Jack too. And so we have implemented things into our routine where we check in throughout the day. Hey, you hanging in there? Everything going okay? How can I support you? We only really eat one meal a day, which I've alluded to before, but right before that meal, it's before we start eating. Hey, is there anything that we need to talk about? We hold that space for each other and we communicate about everything and adapting on the fly. Like you need to be able to be able to adapt to ever needing changes. And, you know, if one person was ready to make dinner, but then something happens and a client needs it, the other one needs to jump in. That happened this week, actually. Yeah. Where I had planned to make dinner and I was, but my day got away from me and I was working late and you were willing to just hop in and, and start dinner for us. And yeah. So it's just being able to communicate and, and being willing to s- communicate what your needs are and what your capacity is to jump in and help. And this is the final one. The driving force is love and not resentment. Yeah. So I, this really means a lot because from everything that we do, whether it's for ourselves, for, for our clients, for our marriage, for our business, everything that we do, the, the hard work, when something's hard, we, we're able to show up because it's from a place of love. Even when we're beat up, when life is not easy, we're able to show up and really put in the effort and the consistency that requires because we love each other so much and we don't want to let each other down. This brand also represents more than just the company at this stage. It represents us. It represents our last name. And it really carries a lot of weight in how we want to show up in the world. And I think we both learn lessons from others in our lives 
that showed us how important love really is and how far it can get you. Mm-hmm. And so that's just been at the heart of everything that we do. It is absolutely, you know, it's easy. I think as a married couple, no matter what is going on in your life, it's easy to fall into that trap of, oh, God, here he is, Jack, not doing it again. I guess I'll do it for him, you know, and it's so easy to fall into that trap and get into that negative trap. And we did when we, when we were working in our corporate job and, you know, it took a really big mind shift for us coming out here, doing all this stuff to really realize that we love each other. We love this business. And if you're opening a business, I highly recommend that it's something that not only that you're good at, but it's something that you're passionate about. Every client that we enroll into our unlimited coaching program, we tell them, welcome to the Denison family, like welcome to the family, because it is something that we are so incredibly passionate about and that we love to do. And at the end of the day, you know, above our bed, we have our bowels framed. It's a reminder to us how much we love each other. And when we do things for each other and we have to do things either in the business or in the household, we don't do it out of resentment. When you have all the other key pieces, like putting your ego aside, not having anything like, oh, that's a man's job or that's a woman's job. When you adopt that team mentality, hey, I'm doing this for my team member. He's struggling. She's struggling. Or we all have to get this done because the team has to get it done. So I'm part of the team. I have to do it. And you communicate and you adapt on the fly. And you remember that you love this person. It becomes an act of service. It becomes something you want to do because you love that person. And it's a good reminder of everything. And so to us... I think it's a powerful differentiator for our business because if any of my current clients are listening or any future clients are listening, I think you know what it's like working with us. We put our hearts and souls, we put our transparency. You get to see a glimpse into our lives when you work with us, but we work hard on improving ourselves and making sure that we are communicating with our clients and with each other so that it comes through because we do everything that we do out of love and it just makes things a lot more meaningful. I think it also reflects in how we show up day to day. I think that when you ultimately resonate from that point of love, everything else is easier to be at a certain frequency elsewhere in the world and going out to working with others, working with people who don't know you, having conversations with people who don't know you. There's that baseline of really just cemented within you that it's really hard to stray from that and allow the chaos of the world or the chaos that's going around in other people's lives to affect those conversations because you pull them into your world. And that's really the thing that I think has really catapulted us to another level lately is we've really focused on bringing our world to our clients, bringing our world to our calls, bringing our world to the program as much as we can. And what we've seen is a shift and a change in how people are showing up. They're energized, they're excited, they're motivated, they're doing the hard work, and they're grateful for the grind. They're embracing the process. And that's the thing about life that a lot of us struggle with and we hate as adults because 
no one ever tells us this as kids. They're always, they always laugh and they smirk and like, oh, just enjoy life as a kid, right? But they never tell you life is going to get hard when you become an adult. It's going to be a process, a never ending process of continuing trying to be more and be better. Don't give up. And we do that. And by bringing our world to our clients and to our marketing and to everything that we touch externally, what a lot of people don't know is Jack and I put in the hard work on continually growing and improving. We constantly are improving our routine. We constantly are trying to improve our bodies, our health, our mental health, our our professional development. And because we we feel strongly who we are, that we have to practice what we preach. We do not want to be the the influencers that we see online that, you know, say one thing and do another. We are exactly who we say we are. And don't get us wrong. We have all out knockout screaming fights as well, but we are, we do those out of love too. And we usually end those fights with love and communication and understanding so that we can move forward and find a resolution so that we can move on. And that's all it really is when it comes to a marriage or a business that you run with your your spouse or your partner. It's communicating, it's putting your egos aside, it's having that team mentality, and it's constantly improving yourself so that you can you can just be better for your team and for the people that you serve. Yeah. And it's showing up. Showing up. It's showing up because you can't always be the best version of you, but you can always bring the best version of you. Absolutely. Well, we know that this was a little bit longer, but we thought it was important. Thank you, Jack, so much for coming back for part two. It was a pleasure to be here on the Attic Girl podcast. To your audience, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. If I get to speak with any of you in the future, it would be a pleasure again to connect and welcome to the Denison family. Absolutely. As always, the Attic Girl podcast is a production of the Girls Girls Media. Check out all of our podcasts. We have Glow Girl on Monday, Her Royal Highness on Tuesday, Attic Girl on Wednesday, the Girls Girls podcast on Thursday, and Financial Fridays with Stock Daddy on Fridays. Make sure that you are subscribed to all of our podcasts. Leave me a five-star review. I would love that. I read every single one of them. Um, Again, if you would like to speak or work with both Jack and I in either of our programs or packages, go ahead and book a free call with us, schedule.optimizedcareersolutions.com. You get to speak with either of us. We would love to work with you if you are in a job search or looking to uplevel your career. Thanks so much for listening to us. I hope that you make today the best day ever and have an amazing week. I'll see you next week.